Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 413, How Your Romantic Relationship Impacts the World, with Yachim Yeri, Yeri and Natasha Ku. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. And speaking of women of value, my new book, Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, is available now on Amazon and Kindle and paperback. So grab a copy and you'll get all the tips that I share on the show weekly and more. There's an exercise for every tip to help you step into your value. And actually, this is for men too. I just, you know, these are good life tips. This isn't just about becoming a woman of value. This week's tip on becoming a woman of value is dare to think big. We often play small in life. And I know our guests are people who are thinking big because they are now traveling the world when it's not coronavirus and and really living their life. And so I invite you to think bigger about your goals, about your life and take those risks to get out of your comfort zone and know that you're capable of more. So don't make your dreams smaller to, you know, shrink yourself to confine yourself to somebody else's dreams about what you should be doing, but allow yourself to think bigger. I also want to let you know that if you're not yet a member of our Facebook group, Your Last First Date, join us. We are a fabulous group, if I may say so myself. We have over 3,000 members and most groups for singles are not heavily monitored. They are kind of a shit show where people just vent and, you know, just bash dating, men, relationships. And this is a group that has strict guidelines because I want you to go on your last first date. And so even if you're in a relationship and you're a woman over 40, join us to get even more skills to have healthier relationships, which is really what we're going to be talking about today. So your last first date on Facebook. And now for our guests, Yachim Yeria and Natasha Ku are the founders of YourExceptionalRelationship.com. They have worked with people all over the world and they created the Exceptional Relationship Formula. And that formula takes away the guesswork and puts your marriage back on track for more intimacy, love, and connection. Welcome to the show all the way from Malaysia. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. So we're 12 hours apart. It's 9 a.m. here on the East Coast and we're taping. It's 9 p.m. there. And um, you're currently in quarantine in Malaysia. So tell us a little bit about how you got there and what your plans are for for being digital nomads. We are actually from completely different cultures. Even though I grew up in Canada, I was born in Hong Kong, and Yahim was born in Switzerland. But now we live quite a different lifestyle. We were living together. We you know, moved in, I moved continents for him, actually. So lucky him, I had to learn a new <laughs> language. You know, there's a lot of adapting from my side, uh, I think from both sides, but culturally speaking, moving to a new country, that was already a big change for me. And then we, once we settled into Switzerland, we stayed there for uh, around half a decade. 
and then we decided first it was actually Yahim who initiated who suggested that we move away and have a bit more of a what what lifestyle would you call it well just a more traveling lifestyle we first thought actually just moving somewhere else and settling and we were like why don't we explore a bit the world before we decide where we want to stay for a bit longer and so that what's has sparked this whole journey and we're still traveling uh, and we're really enjoying it mm-hmm. yeah. awesome so i'm sure that you know you mentioned sort of lucky him that you changed continents and had to learn a new language and i want to address that for a minute before we get into more of how you work often people feel that they compromise a lot in relationship and there's a distinction between the kind of compromise that feels good and doesn't feel like it's going to build resentment and the kind of compromise that builds so much resentment over time that it just doesn't work after a while so how did you decide to change your whole life for At first, we actually had a long-distance relationship, and it went on for a few years, and then at some point, I couldn't see the end anymore. I, I, all I could see and project was us with gray hair on Skype, <laughs> and that was just not something I was okay with. It didn't seem like the type of future I wanted, so I knew something needed to change. You know, there was a lot of back and forth as to, okay, what are our choices? What, you know, what can we do? Who should move? But in the end, I moved just because of what I studied. I thought it'd be most transferable. I could work anywhere. And and so I did that. But when I moved to Switzerland, I have to say that it is quite a culture shock. It's friendships are seen differently. Friendships, I think, in North America are easy to start, you know, and I think people in North America have a lot more acquaintances, while in Switzerland, friends are almost, it's actually kind of like dating. Friends are, you know, you have to, there's a slow start, you have to really get through those walls, and then once you do, you somehow find a friend for life. So there was a lot that I had to get to know, but when I moved to Switzerland, my intention was to find a place for myself. I noticed that even though Yakim tried to, you know, make me feel as comfortable as possible and bring me to his friends and his friendship circles, I wasn't satisfied with that. I knew that I ne- I needed my own friends. I needed my own place in this country or in this world, new part of the world. And that's what I worked on to find. I, I knew that a lot of that adapting, yes, you know, we had to move in together to uh, adopt this new kind of deeper stage of our relationship. But at the same time, I was really doing a lot of that for me. I needed a place for myself in this new world. Yeah, that's, that's a really important key that often when we compromise for others, we give up parts of ourselves and you staked a claim to find who you were in this environment, which is wonderful. I'm sure that led to really having more success in your relationship. It's also interesting that the the slow friendship builds because I find that in the United States, when people move, 
there's often this quick rush of, oh my God, I have so many friends. And then like a month or two later, you realize these are not real friends. So the slow build, you know, in relationships, all relationships is, is more trustworthy. And I think it's, it could be harder in the beginning, mm. but sometimes we have to go slow to go fast in relationship, right? That's very true. You know, there's this uh, saying I heard in, in the Navy or Navy SEALs, and that says, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Um, so uh, sometimes we're too, too worried to be fast and, and, and build friendships or a relationship, a romantic relationship. Well, actually, what is the hurry? Um, you know, they, they, we're going to live for, our, for how long we're going to live and, you know, life's going to unfold however it's going to unfold. So if we take it, you know, one step at a time, we're more likely to actually have a relationship, whether friendship or romantic, that's suiting for for us mm. and a, a conscious relationships which brings me to the next question which is why do people struggle so much in relationships right well um there's a variety of reasons but we really like to boil it down to um just a couple of them and that is that a lot of people um bring old ways of relating to a relationship. So I've seen how my parents are relating and I bring that to the relationship. Or I have learned certain coping mechanisms uh, and I bring that to the relationship as well. So for example, uh, one way I related was um, getting harsh. Like I want to get something across and Natasha is not agreeing. I just become harsher and you know she'll yield and i'm happy well so i think <laughs> it's not really true and and that's exactly the point that when we have those kind of unconscious habits that we are bringing to a relationship it makes it quite difficult uh, and challenging because those old coping mechanisms were for a three-year-old a five-year-old or something you know they're not for adults relating to each other and nurturing love and so that is there's one big factor and the other factor is uh, insecurities you know that i think i'm not good enough and so i'm trying to be good enough for natasha and i'm what you said before i start to compromise myself and how i i am um in favor of natasha until you're not recognizable like you look in the mirror and like who's that person actually there you know like what am i doing and that makes relationship hard and it's really actually quite simple it's built on a misunderstanding misunderstanding is i'm not good enough and when you see through that when you know that you're good enough then relationships become a whole lot easier mm -hmm. natasha do you have anything to add to that i i remember you know because we've gone through so many changes and improvements within our own relationship but i remember when we first got together i had a i had no problem talking but i had a lot of issue talking about how i was feeling so if something bothered me it was really difficult for me to voice it out loud um, and at the beginning I had trouble with that, just even communicating because I, I, I had no idea what I was feeling inside. I would know maybe, okay, I don't feel quite good, but not feeling quite good doesn't 
give you much to work with. So I was actually really um, disconnected from myself. So if something was actually going wrong in our relationship, I couldn't even pinpoint within myself how I felt, how I was impacted, what's going on inside of me, never mind actually communicating to work things out with him. So pretty much the first half of our relationship, Yahim was just digging into, you know, this, my emotional chest of stuff that I couldn't offer to him out loud. And he had to try to find it because he clearly saw that something was bothering me. But what was it? I, I didn't know how to say it. How was I feeling? What's wrong? I, I, I didn't know. So it was through that, you know, actually really acknowledging myself. Yes, it has to do with, you know, your worth and feeling enough. But what does that really mean? I think it boils down to knowing that what you experience, how you feel is so valid and so important because that then informs how you lead the relationship, what decisions you'll make next. And, and you know, the challenges that you face means that, okay, there's, there's a hurdle. Well, what is that hurdle? How are you responding? And so only when I was able to do that, was I able to resolve a lot more issues within our relationship. It was just a like, huge roadblock. As long as I didn't know what's going on inside, as long as I couldn't say it out loud, there was nothing to work with. Yahim could have, I don't know, gone with a bulldozer, but I was still stuck at that little roadblock. I still couldn't cross the street. Yeah, that's such an important part, the communication piece and the feelings piece. And I think most of us, men and women, abandon ourselves early on in life because we're not brought up by people who are emotionally fluid and don't really understand how to express and honor emotions. It's something that I have spent so much of my career working on and perfecting and teaching because I know how much we are craving these skills to communicate feelings, needs. Otherwise, people don't know and there's a, mind reading really doesn't work, right? <laughs> it's quite difficult. <laughs> and you get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all need to marry uh, psychics who can read our minds, right? <laughs> um, so barring the fact that we aren't all going to meet psychics, we have to work on these relationship skills. And so what else do people really want to work on in order to have healthier relationships? Mm. Well, you know, when people first come, oftentimes the, the way that they see the relationship and the issues in the relationship is often a projection onto the partner, right? So if only my partner would be different, I'd be okay, you know? <laughs> and, and that is, um, is understandable, but it's also short-sighted in a way because when we have the projection onto the partner, um, we are abdicating any ownership, any responsibility of how this dynamic is playing out, right? And the way I like to look at it is like when you dance. You know, when you dance together, uh, both have a rhythm and both are following a certain script and a, and a certain flow um, and they, they adjust to each other. And it's the same thing with relationships is that when you have issues in the relationship, yes, your partner plays a role within that and you also play a role within that and so that is where we need, we need to bring it back to the person 
right, to yourself, like what's actually going on? Um, why are you allowing your partner to treat you, you know, treat you this way? Or, or why are you treating your partner that way? Like there's, there's all kinds of different ways you can look at it, but it's all come back to yourself. And that's where actually empowerment lies because that's when things can really change. Uh, because if you are putting it onto your partner, you're basically putting yourself in a position of powerlessness. You can't do anything because you already tried to change your partner. Most people have tried to change your, their partner and they haven't succeeded, right? It just hasn't worked. Yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I think we often abdicate responsibility. We think the whole problem lies in our partner. And even when there's abuse, there is a choice to choose that partner, to ignore red flags, to um, not always consciously, but, you know, we can work on our consciousness. We can work on bringing awareness and learning, like Natasha said, to speak up and to do it in a way that connects instead of going back to your wounded little three-year-old and reacting instead of processing and responding. Mm. and knowing when to also walk away right so you know how do, how do people know okay i've i've now improved how i am in this relationship and my partner is still stuck and nothing's changed and there's maybe verbal abuse or some kind of emotional abuse and it doesn't feel good like how how do people know like when's enough when is it enough 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 is enough mm. you know that that is always very dependent on the person itself, right? I don't have a, a checklist, but I can tell you that it really has to come to honestly look at yourself and the relationship. And I can tell you a very short story of a client of mine. And she told me she used to have all the time abusive relationships. So you should get out of an abusive relationship and the next thing she would fall into is an abusive relationship. And it's a cycle and it kind of shows, you know, when we don't address those things, we tend to attract or get into relationships again or find the people attractive uh, who have those kind of patterns who are a match to our dysfunctional pattern in a way. And so she told me, you know, one day I woke up and I said, what am I doing to myself? And so when she said that, what am I doing to myself? In that moment, she really saw something. She really understood, wow, I am actually repeating the same cycle over and over again. And so that insight, it was rich in insight and aha where she was very clear and she saw the whole thing. And she was like, this has to stop. And so when she said this has to stop, she got out and she never went back into an abusive relationship. But it takes a great deal of honesty to really look at how am I relating? What am I actually doing in my life? Because all of us have this positive self-image, you know, like, oh, I'm this great guy or great girl and, and all of this. And, you know, there's just negative things happening to me. But it's when you actually look at it, and you're honest with yourself, you can see, yes, you have all great qualities and you also have qualities that are darker and that are more negative and they can be in being the victim or being a perpetrator. Um, they're actually the, the same side of, of the, of the uh, two different sides of the same coin. Um, but that's really what is at the heart because when we think, oh, I need a checklist of what my partner is doing and think I need to get out of it, we are um, not listening to ourselves. And that's, again, abdicating responsibility. It's your relationship and it's your life. 
So what is right for you? You got to find the answer for yourself and really be honest with yourself, right? And one thing that really prevents people from doing that is often an idea that they are going to be lost um, or struggling without their partner. And that may be true if you're financially dependent on your partner, you may have a transition period of difficulties. Um, however, if you don't take the chance to leave, you're just going to stay in the trajectory that you're in, which is not healthy and not good for you. And so by saying no, you're actually standing up for yourself and you're loving yourself. You're actually acknowledging yourself. And that can set a new trajectory in your life. Yeah, uh, it's a great story about your client who recognized, what am I doing to myself? I think that many of us just blindly and unconsciously keep going through the same thing over and over again. And I've seen so many people who stay stuck, keep mm. saying, can you believe he did this? And I'm like, yeah, because he done the same thing always. Like, it would be shocking if he did something else. And, you know, why are you staying? What, what are you getting out of staying in this relationship? And yes, there is fear, but you're already lost and you're already struggling. So what could be worse than that? And mm. <clears throat> I was married 23 years. And when I finally left, I left to save myself. I mm. was afraid what's the impact on my children financially, all these things. But in the end, that was so front and center in my brain that mm. if I don't leave now, I will completely disappear. And that is not good for anyone. It's not good for my relationship. It's not good for my children. It's not good for me. And that was, I didn't know what the future held. We don't, none of us knows, you know, how are we going to know? We can't predict how it's going to be perfect. And we're going to leave because somebody else is in the picture and we're going to have guaranteed, you know, partnership and all that stuff. But we can take the responsibility to do the work. And I, I love that you keep bringing it back to, Here's what we can do. We can't control them. We can control us. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so there is no like checklist. It's time to leave when. Um, so it's, so when you say find the answer for yourself, I mean, so what's going to be going on? Like I knew for me, it was, I was lost. Um, I had given up too much, you know, which is why Natasha, I spoke to you about like what you were giving up because in the giving up, you also were claiming your space and claiming your life and claiming your independence within the relationship. Not everybody knows how to do that or knows how to figure out like, what's my bottom line. So what are some steps people can take to know, like, this is too much for me. Like I've tried everything I could, but this is too, like, how do they know? What, how do they find that answer? One thing that we've done a lot just personally within our relationship is just to take a good look at where the responsibility lies, right? So yeah, he mentioned, you know, sometimes it's easy to just point fingers and be like, okay, clearly the problem is here. But where we grew the most and we were able to get over some of you know, the hardest struggles or the codependent behaviors we had upon each other. It might not have seen 
so bad from the outside. Maybe it was subtle. Maybe just a little bit of passive aggression, just a little bit, just a little bit of nagging and bickering there. But you know, if the energy is there, if the energy is there, hurt is still there, right? So we have to take a good look at. All right, I'm going to take responsibility for myself and what's happening for for my part, and that can be hard at first. Because sometimes we allow things, and we find ourselves in the same cycles and patterns because we're in this mode of acceptance and allowing, just kind of all right, okay. It was like that yesterday. It's the same thing today. Right? It's like oh, okay, you know, we we let go, as in we almost give up. We give up the choices we have. We give up our Ability to choose and to speak and to make a stance and to connect to our values and speak up and set those boundaries, right? So once we get into this yes, yes, yes mode of whatever life throws at you, could be in your life in general, or it could be, you know, if it's someone you're dating or someone you're with, you get into this yes mode. So the moment I personally start to take responsibility for myself and what was happening. Both what I was doing to Yahim, and what I was accepting within our relationship, I realized that there was so much growing up for me to do. It was so hard to, to, to you know, as an adult, realize, oh, I I have to grow up because I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm capable. I can do something about this. You know, I'm not helpless here. I'm not a child. He's not above me. There's no power struggle in a sense, except in my head. Like I just never considered another option. Like I just always did this. I always, if someone asked me a question, I always thought, "Oh, what would the answer be for them? Where do you want to go for lunch? Well, what would you like to eat?" Oh, what do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? Where should we go? Where do you want to go? I did not. I no longer could I find an answer for myself, and I had to ask myself like five times to even figure it out. But the moment I I take responsibility for myself and I go, wait, 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 wait. There is somebody here, and I don't have to do what I did yesterday, which is kind of swallow down the emotions, swallow down the anger, swallow down the. I don't like this. You know, this feel the tightness in my chest, feel the tightness in my belly. I can actually be responsible for myself and my life, and that just opens up the whole world because that means you can really create now. Okay, you can create by maybe okay. You can leave the relationship as in you create more space now, right? You leave this behind and you create space, or you create with that partner or. Whoever you're with, and you say, you know what, this doesn't feel good, and I think that is more healthy, or that's better. That feels like, you know, it's it would go in a better direction. But it really takes you to, first of all, take responsibility. Be like, there's there are two adults here. We're both making decisions. We're both talking to each other. There are interactions on both sides. What am I letting happen that I did? Yesterday, or that I accepted because you know 
maybe my mom's always, you know, suggested something. And I'd be like, what would you like to do? And what, who did I please, right? And today, who am I pleasing today as an adult? And how can I really grow up and take responsibility for myself at this point in my life? Doesn't matter how old, how many numbers to, to that age, but just you can, you know, you can step up. And I think for many of us, we grow up a little bit later than we <laughs> actually um, prefer to, right? We actually get stuck in that childhood acceptance of what is when we're at this point creating adult relationships. And now you can actually create a lot more than you did the types of relationships that you had as a child. So I think the moment you accept that, and it's a wonderful responsibility once you really get to know that, but then the whole world will opens up. Yeah. You know, I just to tag on to what you were just sharing, uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize is that what's actually possible, like we think it's normal. Our world that we're living in is accepted as normal. And it's like, um, you know, there's this, tail or, or metaphor of a frog that you put into a pot and you turn on the pot and it gets hotter and hotter and the frog dies because it doesn't notice that it's getting hotter because it's it's incremental and so a lot of things that people are accepting as normal um is not necessarily well it may be normal but it's not healthy right like there's lots of things that are perpetuated within society within a relationship but we see that we think is normal drama bickering blaming shaming guilt all of those things and our hope is and our inspiration for you know having this website your exceptional relationship is to show people look that doesn't have to be you don't have to be in a relationship where uh, there's blame where there's nagging where you're unhappy and so one thing, you know, you were asked about steps. Well, one thing you can do is, is stop thinking about others and start thinking about yourself. Like, what life do I actually want to live? If I don't censor myself, if I'm not realistic or anything, if I just dream, what is the life I would like to have? And so you start from coming back to yourself and from yourself, you see what life you want to have, and then you can start adjusting. If you think that, you know, oh, you know, I need to just kind of make it work. All you do is you operate within the same structures and you don't create a fundamental change. And so you can be aware of what Natasha said, that you can have an amazing relationship that's deeply rooted in love, deeply rooted in respect and value where you wake up and you're just grateful to have the person next to you. That is not a fairy tale. That's actually something that's possible. And so when people know that and you want that, that is the first step. It's the very first step to get out of a relationship that you're not happy with or address the relationship so that it can grow. Just because you're unhappy doesn't mean that the relationship necessarily is bad unless it's abusive. In that case, I do think either getting some serious help or getting out is probably best. So much important information here. I think that we accept the status quo you know, I started out talking about thinking big. I think, you know, thinking big about our relationships and what's possible. And so many of us live in this little box of what we know, what we unconsciously just keep repeating. And knowing that you don't have to just accept what is, that you start to shift. And I've seen it in my own life with my children, 
that when I started to take responsibility for myself and set limits and, you know, really speak up, my kids learned to do it too. Mm. And they'll report into me, mom, I, you'd be so proud of me. I spoke up to this person or I set boundaries like crazy yesterday. And it's like, yay. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we do influence other people by the change we make, which brings me to the next question, which is, how does having this kind of healthy relationship impact the world? Because that's what the topic of today really was. Right. Because, you know, for us, this is really an important topic because for the way we see relationships is that those are the, the building blocks of society, really. Um, you, you're brought into this world through a relationship most of the time, you know, that the two people are together. And, and you're growing up in, in a household and there's a relationship either between the parents or between you and the parent. And so relationships really are, for society, absolutely vital and important. I mean, it, it is the building block. And we underestimate that. We can't really see it in, in, in the bigger picture. But just think about it. You have an argument with your spouse, right? And it's the beginning of the day and you go out to work, but you're still upset. So the way you're going to show up during your day is going to be impacted by that argument that you had because you're still upset. So someone says something to you, you don't take it well and you blow up, right? So you're spreading the, the anger and the hurt throughout the rest of, of society. Uh, and, but the, the opposite can be true as well, that you have a very loving, beautiful relationship and that love and that compassion and that beauty can inspire others, right? And you show up in a different way and you have this kind of stable base uh, in your relationship, which allows you to go out to create. So it's not just a, a indirect impact. It is a direct impact as well that I'm so nourished within the relationship that I can grow into the world and I can give to people because I'm not trying to survive in this relationship. I'm thriving in this relationship. So what, is, what would be possible? And that's another thing we underestimate is that you have two people and it's not like, you know, in, in normal math where one plus one is two, the energy that you create when you're together and you are connected to this love and to this excitement and to the adventure and the beauty, it's exponential, right? You have an exponential energy together. And so rather than being tied up in pity fights, what can this energy do? What can you actually create with this energy outward into the world? And so there's all those different layers that the, your relationship is actually impacting the world around you and yourself. And what you'll find is that when you are in this fulfilling relationship and you are growing into the world is that it becomes an upward spiral. You know, it becomes just better and better. At, at some point, you just ask yourself, how good can it get? And before, it's almost like you're in this prison and you're just trying to make it work and you're just trying to, you know, get by. And it's just a completely different energy because even if they're just small fights and disagreements, it zaps the energy. It is not building you up. It's disempowering you. It's disempowering your spouse. It's not something that's nice. It's not nurturing. And so that is what the exceptional relationship is about. It's about shifting that so that you can impact the world, so that you can create, so that you can live a life where you're at the end of your days and you say, oh my God, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Natasha, you wanted to say something? And and for me, 
like I was always into world peace and saving the world and like, like I was always that kind of child and person still and I kind of want to dr- draw this parallel between what happens within the home and the world at large I think it there is this connection um for me it's like yes almost everyone here would probably agree yes why do we fight why are there all these you know power struggles with the countries and within the politics and why is there war and so much violence why why you know why is all that badness happening in the world and then only 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 when yahim and i really worked through you know, the kinks in our relationship, only when we discovered the exceptional relationship formula did we realize that those subtle jabs at each other, those subtle, you know, passive aggressive comments, or when I'm just irritated at him, and he'll say something a little bit mean, but still he'll get away with it, you know, those kind of interactions, or I don't want to take responsibility for something I'm like, oh yeah, can you do that for me? Just so well, you know, I, I I don't have to, you know, all this kind of stuff. Say things that we say about the world, like no, they should not get away with that. They should take responsibility for themselves, or they should be nice to each other. They shouldn't judge each other, or oh, there's so much violence, you know, that's really aggressive. Well, relationships, especially romantic relationships everything that happens is completely behind closed doors. Mm. And that's, that's really significant because that means whatever you allow, whatever you say yes to, whatever you think is okay, you will do to your partner or your partner will do to you and you will accept that. And, and that is really significant. It's emotionally what you're saying yes to. So I used to say yes to, you know, yeah, I'll be real controlling to Yahim about the sponge at the sink. I'll be real controlling about that tiny rice grain he didn't wash off on that plate, you know? I'll, I'll be, I'll bring this side of myself where I'll try to control him. I'll try to get him to do everything I want him to. I, I don't know why, but I, I tried, right? I tried to fix him and make him be like me and do things my way and mm-hmm. be angry and be unhappy with him until he did right? If I was acting that way, however subtle or, you know, exaggerated within our relationship, I'm saying, yeah, do that on a big scale in the world because I'm allowing that within my home. I'm allowing that with the person who I'm supposed to love and the person who's supposed to love me the most. So if we say yes to that within the home, it's going to be in one way or another, no matter how great of a person or state you think you are somehow you're also saying hey world do the same so i think that's why it's really important that we we really take a look at what am i going to stand up for what kind of relationship do i want what kind of life do i really stand behind and actually create that because you're a creator we created wars we created bad relationships you can create the opposite it's all creation anyways Mm. it's so true and and just to add one more thing to that is that when you do go into that direction of love and connection and you address those things what will happen is that you heal deep wounds you know when you were abandoned in the grocery store by your mom by accident and you get hurt and so when when you address those things the way you show up in the world will change as well 
because you're not coming from this wounded place anymore. And you'll notice, oh, you know, the way I'm reacting to my coworker, that's the little boy right now coming out or the little girl. And so it, it raises the awareness in all the relationships, not just in the romantic relationship, but it's like, it, it's like the, the foundation. It's the foundation. And so through your own healing, you get to be a, a more holistic and whole person. Beautiful. You know, I, I was I had a friend over yesterday and she was saying how she grew up in a dysfunctional family. And one of the first um, couples that she met when she was um, doing a gap year, she, she got to know this couple who were so kind to each other. It was not something she had ever seen. And it was her first glimpse into what she wanted to replicate and she and it really imprinted she said i want this i i didn't know this existed and i want this and i think that that just that couple being respectful to each other speaking to each other instead of screaming at each other you know we many of us grow up with such poor modeling because our mm. parents didn't have the skills and so knowing that you can change the legacy of you know, your family line, maybe it's been total dysfunction and everybody's divorced and everybody is having trouble with relationships. And they do definitely, what you do in your home reflects what you do everywhere. You know, I, I, when I work with clients, I often start at home. I start with their relationship with their family because mm. it's one of the hardest things we do to set boundaries with right. family, to speak up, to change the relationship. But it's important to, to, to start with the safety of the people who are in your life already, people who you may have shown up to be somebody you're not and keep going back to. And so this, this work is so deep and so beautiful. And um, thank you for not only teaching it, but modeling it and sharing it with my audience today. Um, so tell, tell everybody how they can find you. Mm -hmm. You can find us at yourexceptionalrelationship.com. And if you want to find out more, uh, you can just add a forward slash. So yourexceptionalrelationship.com forward slash understand. And that's kind of where we break down what relationships are really about. Because as you can tell, like we have moved away from mm. what average relationships, romantic relationships are like, what people are used to, and to one that you can actually build that's nourishing, that's loving, that's long-lasting, mm. as in sustainable. It fills your soul in the long run and it doesn't deplete you. So uh, yeah, just put forward slash understand and we'll help you out somewhere there. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for inspiring our audience to have healthy relationships and continue to do the amazing work that you do out in the world. And uh, thank you everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. <laughs>